Have you ever witnessed your child having a God moment? It's such a beautiful thing to witness. And today, Sarah Cohen Johnson will discuss the steps in acknowledging and reacting to a God moment. She will give step-by-step suggestions that she finds beneficial in helping your child understand their connection with God. We all know that parenting is hard work and life can get busy. We've done the research to help you. So let's dig deep with Leanne Mancini and work together to help you raise strong Christian kids. Raising Christian Kids family, I am so happy you're back. And today I have a very special guest, Sarah Cowan Johnson. And she's a ministry trainer, consultant, coach, and author of the book, Teach Your Children Well, a step-by-step guide for family discipleship. She leads seminars for parents on family discipleship to help their children walk in the way of Jesus. We want that. And she served with the Evangelical Covenant Church as the executive pastor for Sanctuary Church in Providence, Rhode Island. She is the co-host of the People of the Way podcast. She and her husband have two sons and live in Providence, Rhode Island. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Well, I am just so excited about your book. How did you start you know, the process with writing your book, what was the catalyst for you to write this book? Yeah, well, when I was on staff at my church, we, we did not have a kid's person on staff and we just, we couldn't fill the position. And so I said, you know what, let me take a year and work with the lay team and I will lean in and sort of interim direct the children's ministry team. And then we'll try to hire again in a year. So in that year, and I had little kids at the time, I really just started digging in. I had no experience with children's ministry, but I started digging into what do we want to teach our children and how, and it was really these statistics that I came across. uh, One of them that we probably all know the really terrible 50% of our kids are likely to walk away from their faith after graduation. So that one I knew. But then the more that I read, I actually discovered there is something that makes a really drastic difference in that statistic. And it's nothing that the church necessarily does programmatically. It's parents. So parents who talk about and practice their faith in the home actually make a huge difference in that statistic. 82% of kids whose parents do that go on to follow Jesus as adults. So for me as a pastor, I was saying, okay, we can put all of our energy into our Sunday morning programming and we should continue to do excellent Sunday morning programming. But if we're not doing anything to equip parents, we're really missing something. And so I started doing a seminar at my church for parents to equip them. And then I started doing it for other churches And then COVID happened and it was like, everybody was like, how do we help parents? And then that eventually led to the book. Well, I'm telling you, you know, the statistics now recently, George Barna, it's 75 to 85% are walking away. Wow. It's even, it's even worse now. So, yep. and and you're absolutely right because it starts in the home. That's where you build that foundation. And in your book, you talk about that parents have about average of 3000 hours per year. So it's not that they don't have a lot of time, it's how they prioritize it. Can you talk about the visualization or visualizing priorities instruction chart? How does this chart help families? 
Yeah. So, you know, one, I, I think there's a couple barriers that parents typically express when we start talking about discipleship. One is the sense of like, I don't even know where to start. And so, you know, we, we can talk about that, but the other one is I don't have time. Where am I going to find time in my life to add in discipleship to all the other things that I do? So a couple of thoughts there. One, yeah. If our thought is I'm going to drop my kids off at Sunday school or youth group and the church is going to do this. You just have to really think about the number of hours that churches have compared to the number of hours that you have. And so, yes, you never feel like you have time, but compared to anyone else in your child's life, you actually have the most amount of time. The problem is that most of our time is taken up with all kinds of other things. And so my number one suggestion to parents is to think about the routines in your day and how do you actually repurpose some of these routines for family discipleship. And so there is a, there's a chart in the book that helps you to think about, yeah, how much time do I devote? How much time and energy do I devote to my child's kind of academic development, their social development, you know, their athletic, like how many hours do you spend carting your kids around to sports and those kind of things? And then, yeah, where does their spiritual development fall on that list? It just sort of highlights, yeah, how much do I value this? But then once we, you know, make the decision to value it more, I really don't think it's like carving out extra time as much as it is taking those car rides to soccer practice and using them for family discipleship. Absolutely. It's what you do with your time that counts. That's right. And it was interesting also to read that many parents don't believe their children can interact directly with God. And I love the examples you shared with your two children regarding the God moment interruptions is what you call them. Mm -hmm. Can you share an example of a God moment and the four steps to understand and explore that God moment that you talk about? Yeah, yeah. So what I have found with parents is, especially of little ones, that there's this temptation to sort of what I say is like to mediate this relationship between the child and God rather than to facilitate. And I think sometimes it's because we assume that kids, little, little kids who don't sort of cognitively understand the gospel yet, that they're sort of (laughs) remedial in their faith and they need us to kind of manage this for them. Where I believe that at every stage of development, God is capable of interacting with our children. It's not that we need to reach a certain level of development before we can comprehend God, right? God can interact with even our littlest ones. So this idea of a, you know, kind of capturing a God moment is basically there's these times when you become aware that God is initiating with your child. So I'll give you an example of, um, from my four-year-old it's in the book. So we just had a really tough dinner time. He'd had just terrible behavior and he had received four timeouts in a row at dinner time. And, you know, just, yeah, we went through this, you know, I'm sorry for this behavior. I love you and I forgive you. But he still just looked totally downcast. And I said, what's wrong, buddy? And he said, my heart feels yucky. And that was sort of this sense that I had that this is a God moment. The steps that I talk about are identify the God moments. That's what we did. This is a God moment turn aside and, you know, pay attention. The second thing is to facilitate an encounter to help your child interact directly with God. And so what we did here is a practice that I really love for little kids, which is imaginative prayer. So we're helping the child who tends to be more, you know, a concrete thinker. So sometimes prayer can just feel very abstract. And so imaginative prayer, you invite the child to close their eyes, picture Jesus in their mind, and pray from that place of having a conversation 
as they imagine, you know, walking next to Jesus or sitting with Jesus. So I encouraged him to do that and told him to, you know, close his eyes, talk to Jesus about your yucky heart. And then I said, you know, what's happening? Like, what, what is Jesus doing? And he said, four years old, he said, he's taking my yucky heart and he's giving me a new one. Wow. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. And four this is like, old. how cute, right? I know. And this is like, not something I would have thought of in that moment, but I really believe that the Lord told him that. And so the next step is to clarify belief. So it's the biblical image in Ezekiel, right? There's this image of God removing the heart of stone and giving people a heart of flesh. And so we told him that image of Jesus taking your yucky heart, that absolutely lines up with scripture. And then the next, the final step is to encourage praxis. Like, how are we going to live this out? And so what we did for him was after our little timeout thing, you know, where he makes amends with us, but he hadn't confessed his sin to God. And so this was a step in our little, our little timeout liturgy where we said, yeah, we love you and we forgive you. Do you want to take a moment and give your yucky heart to Jesus? Yes. You know, younger children are more connected to God and to his spirit. You know, I do an episode about that that spiritual muscle, if we don't use it and, and, and continue to help our children use that muscle, it can atrophy. And that's why you find adults saying, hey, I was closer to the Lord when I was younger. I felt closer to him. Right. So that this is wonderful. I love this. And as you mentioned in your book, you know, you love diagrams. <laughs> I do. And your book is full of different diagrams and charts and simple drawings. Can you talk about the up, in, out, and with directional guide and how that can help families through their discipleship journey? Yeah, yeah. So this comes from my church. So we talk about journeying upward to be with Jesus. And that is about intimacy with God or connection with the Holy Spirit. We talk about journeying inward and that is to become like Jesus. So this is about our sanctification. This is about sort of our healing and getting at what's inside of us. We talk about journeying outward, which is to do what Jesus did. So to demonstrate and proclaim the good news that Jesus is King. So this is about mission and justice and demonstrating the kingdom in the world. And then lastly, we made up a word, but uh, we journey with word. We follow Jesus together. We can't, you know, live the way of Jesus alone. And so those four directions help us to think about discipleship in a really broad way. So that if we're just emphasizing things like prayer and Bible study, that's wonderful, but that's just one direction. That's the upward direction. And that as we disciple our kids, we also need to help them think about witness and mission and confession and being part of a community. That's all discipleship. But a lot of times we kind of narrow our focus on discipleship to just the upward direction. Yeah, it's so important because you're building spiritual roots in all those areas. Yeah. Which makes a a firmer foundation. That's right. And they get to witness the benefits of what they believe and how they believe in their actions and their deeds. So I think it's really important. Also, it was unique to read about John Westerhoff's roadmap for the spiritual development of children in your book. And I I hope I said his name, his last name, right? Yeah. Yeah. John Westerhoff. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So this is a model of spiritual development of kids that is so helpful. And he talks about little kids from, you know, birth to about school age. So five or six, that that stage of faith is experienced. It's called the experiential stage. These kids, again, as I was saying, they, they don't fully, uh, they can't cognitively grasp, you know, the finer points of doctrine or theology. 
but they, their faith is in the actions of faith. It's in doing, it's like, you know, mimicking their parents, it's singing the songs, it's knowing the Bible stories and that, that is genuine faith. Moving into sort of elementary and middle school, so like six or seven to 11-ish, 12-ish, is called the affiliative stage. And this is where their primary faith, the primary way that they express their faith is in belonging to the group. And so the, the sort of way you can think about it is, I believe because we believe. So I'm part of a tribe. The next stage, 12 to 18, is pretty threatening sometimes for parents and churches. And that's the searching stage. Teenagers and adolescents. Their prime, the primary way they engage their faith is through wrestling, questions, searching, doubting, you know, and that can be really terrifying to parents and to churches. But the thing that I think we need to recognize with these kids is that we perceive some of those questions as a threat to faith, but actually not asking those questions and not helping them through that phase is an equal threat to faith. And so you actually need to move through that phase until you get to adult owned faith. Yeah, this is great. Again, like you said, sometimes we just teach them and then we think they've grasped the concept well and they know to read their Bible and or to do devotion. And we kind of stop there. Right. And, you know, when you rise up, when you walk along the path, when you lie down, doesn't have an age restriction. <laughs> That's right. You know, yep. make Jesus a part of everyday yep. interaction with your family. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Well, I think my, my general posture that I would love to just encourage your listeners with is I really believe that every parent not only has a calling from God, every Christian parent has a calling from God to raise their children in the way of Jesus, but also that you can do this. So I think a lot of times we feel ill-equipped or I don't know my Bible well enough, or I don't, I, I should really depend on the sort of religious professionals in quote. And I really think that what I see in scripture, what I see how God activated the parents in Deuteronomy 6. I just see that the Holy Spirit works with us, like with our efforts. It's not all on our shoulders. Discipleship is, this is not all up to you, but your yes and your willingness to be used by God really does matter. Well, thank you, Sarah. Again, your book is just outstanding. Teach your children well. Yes, we (laughs) want that. We want to teach our children well. It's a step-by-step guide for family discipleship. Thank you for being on the show, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. And this is how we work together to raise strong Christian kids. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.